Hello and welcome to Maybe We'll Talk. This is uh, going to be a podcast where a shitty old man talks to his friends, probably mostly reminiscing about 90s pop culture. I'm that shitty old man, my name is Dave, and today we will be talking about a tabletop role-playing game called Vampire the Masquerade, and specifically about the clan book Bruja. I have a feeling that most of the topics on this cast will be horror or horror-adjacent, and as such, some content warnings apply, ranging from bodily harm to social unpleasantness, so listener discretion is advised. Vampire the Masquerade is a tabletop role-playing game uh, published in 1991. It used the Storyteller system, which was uh, created by White Wolf Games, and there's a whole series of games that use that system. This was the first one. Um, Shortly after, well, in 1992, they started putting out clan books, which were... uh, further looks into the lore, background, and history of, well, seven clans, I believe, were introduced in the first book. And uh, me and Saint are going to look at those seven clan books, which offer, you know, as I just said, a more in-depth look at the playable characters one might create. So this book came out in 1992. It was the first clan book to come out. It was the first clan book to come out in the vampire line. So you can kind of kind of jump in ahead of myself a little bit, but you can kind of see a few. You can you can kind of see the the pattern that's being set, or or for future clan books, this is definitely the thing. But it's also like you can see that that this is this is their elaboration of a clan as they've presented them in um, the core book, which is the first place you see all the clans and each clan has like a, has like a two page write up and that's it. Um, And some of the other stuff you read in the rest of the book kind of gives you like little tidbits here and there as you go. But you know, the first time you pick up vampire and read it, um, you know, without knowing anything else about the setting, you've got all these clans that are basically like, you know, sort of, sort of archetypes, you know, the Malkavians are all crazy. The Brugia are all, are all punks and rebels. The, the, the Gangrel are all, are all wolves, you know, wolf, wolf vampires. The Venture are all, you know, aristocrats and corporate CEOs. With, without going off on too much of a tangent too that kind of that kind of depends too on what your um what your experience and what your what your um i guess approach to to the vampire mythology and and vampire superstitions are before you come to the vampire game because um I think in, in in its own way, in their own way, each each of the clans that in in the masquerade represent a kind of, you know, nod to to traditional vampire archetypes. And the Bruges, the vent, the Ventru, are one hundred percent a nod, I think, to the kind of Dracula myth kind of vampires. 
I mean, and, you know, later on they would bring in the, the Musi and they'd say, no, Dracula's actually is a Musi, but whatever. The, you know, the you can see the Ventru. The Ventru are like, you know, the imperious, you know, um, domineering kind of vampires, the, you know, like the ancient nobility kind of kind of vampire. Whereas the Bruja, circling back around to this clan book, are the kind of vampires you would see in Lost Boys you know, or from dusk till dawn. These are the kind of vampires that um, skirt, I think, you know, with, with a couple other archetypes too, really, that really skirt really close to the idea of being, you know, really monsters. Um, and, um, you know, uh, they, the, when you when you read the clan book, um, you know, they make so many references to the frenzy, to the frenzies and, and how hard it is to keep control um, and how violent Abruja's um, existence is. And it, uh, by the way, too, I keep saying Bruja, which is from long habit. Yeah. You should probably be really saying Bruja. Is there a cultural sensitivity? I don't, I don't, I don't even know if it's a cultural sensitivity thing. It is, it is, you know, I think like every, um, Every vampire clan name actually is like, you know, does have like its own kind of linguistic roots that mean different things. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, obviously Bruja is a, is a Spanish word that means witch. Uh, or, you know, somebody who practices some dark arts. But... And the short story yeah, here makes reference to... Yeah, the short story makes reference to that very briefly. Um, but then it kind of then it kind of abandons it, and you yeah. don't really see that you don't really see that connection anywhere else in the in 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 the um, in the mythology of the clan or or they the don't connection. even in fact nothing Spanish or you know Mexico no Spanish speaking countries or Mexico are mentioned in the yeah. in the clan book, which is what right, we're discussing, right. yeah. You know, it focuses very much on when you look at the history. It focuses like very much on Carthage, and then it kind of elides past. Oh, and then you know, the Bruja like, did the American like, Revolution. Yeah, like like almost two thousand years of history, and then they're like, oh yeah, now the United States and the American Revolution, and also you know other stuff too. You know, and and once you get to the more modern age, they got some interesting history, but it elides over a long sort of period of like, you know. It makes it sound like the Bruja didn't do anything for about for about two thousand years after Carthage fell, which is not exactly true. It know? almost makes it reading this book very well. The the cursor the pieces of history that this book covers also makes it look like perhaps the writer felt that history began with the American Revolution. Perhaps. Um, <laughs> perhaps yeah, I it's it's entirely possible the writer's own, you know, grasp of history. Um you know, beyond the Americas and the American Revolution is, you know, is weak, and that's okay. Um, this is actually a pretty short book when it comes down to the... To oh, yeah. The, my know. first, the first thing, my first impression when I picked it up to, like, actually take a good look at it was, well, this is a little bit slight, especially yeah. compared to the other ones, and... Yeah, and the, the revised clan books, you know, the second edition clan books are, are much thicker. Oh, yeah. Um, much more meat. Um you know, much more history. It's all in character, um, you know, except for like the rules parts at the end. But um, yeah, it it's still, I think, a really interesting and a really 
uh, you know, for what it was like, you know, the, you know, when this, they're creating this, this, uh, this setting, uh, to expand on these clans to, to say like, it can be a lot more interesting than the stereotype. Um, and even if you do want to go with the stereotype, you can make that stereotype more nuanced and more interesting than just, you know, a biker gang dude or, you know, a, uh, uh, a rabble rouser, you know, of some kind of demagogue. So, you know, you, there's, there's, there's more, you, there's, there's a lot of different angles that you can do. And it's unfortunate that the copies that we have um, are missing those um, character concepts yeah. um, at the end, because um, some of them are interesting in just the way that they, they say, you know, they show a, a you know, a member of that clan, um, who, when you read it and you look at it, you're like, okay, yeah, this makes perfect sense. But it might not have been something you thought about at first when you saw, when you thought about the Bruja and you think about the description of them in, you know, the original uh, core book and you look at kind of like their disciplines and, and, you know, and, and their clan weakness and what they're about. Um, but, um, I feel like, yeah. I feel like when I was sort of beginning to just absorb the the world of darkness, like one of the first impressions that I started collecting was looking at everyone's clan books that, you know, everyone in high school had like a couple of these in their backpack. Oh, yeah. Each and, one had, everybody had their favorite one. <clears throat> and I would, yeah, but I would look through everyone's clan books and I would look at those templates in the back to like figure out, okay, these are the kind of characters that are gonna be hanging out in this world yeah yeah absolutely this is kind of completely off topic but uh i was just browsing just to see uh just now and it seems like there are a lot of online shops that sell pdfs probably illegally quite possibly because this is very old and, and but I yeah I, I was one like 25 years later is or is, I, or is I just have, nobody gonna come for you if you're selling have, a pdf i am pretty sure i have all 13 clan books um at home in my parents in my parents um that's so cool in my, in my parents house um and um i just i don't have them with me just because my apartment is smaller than oh my parents. yeah so I leave them there. I have so um, many like '90s source books that have just yeah. drifted so, away from me over the years. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if some of them got damaged or destroyed. My parents had a flood in their basement a few years back, um, and a bunch of stuff got you know got trashed. Um, but I don't think two Damn. of my books got destroyed. If well, any, good for you. So I'm not. Uh, I'm not too sure about that. We'll see. I got, I got like four of the first edition ones. Sorry, please. No, it's okay. So I was just saying, the next time I go up to my parents' house, I'll I'll try to I'll try to grab um, uh, whichever ones that we we plan to look at in the near yeah. future. Yeah, and we'll. Uh, I mean, I sort of feel like maybe we'll get back to this at the at the very end after we've kind of covered the meat of it. But I I, I definitely feel like at least taking a look at the seven first edition main ones, and then yeah. seeing if you know. Yeah, and then seeing where we go from there. But definitely, I've got, like, I think I have Malkavia, Nosferatu, and Bruja. 
I did have Gangrel, and I feel like I didn't see it when I went to look at it, and I have a second edition Ventrue. But we'll, you know, we'll make do. We'll see what we can do. And, I mean, it might be possible to just find those pages. Maybe not. Maybe not. Like I said, I think I have pretty much all of them at home. So I'll grab what we can, and, and, we'll, see, and see, we'll see what we can review and, and what we can't. Awesome. So, all right. So looking at this book again, um, I mean, we, we talked about the, sort of the overview. It's the idea of this expansion of this idea of, of the clan where you have just like the rough outline, but there are, there are probably hundreds or thousands of these guys scattered across, you know, scattered across the world and they're all doing their own thing and they're all individual. So, um, you know, I think, I think they, they, the, the first chapter, you know, of course, is this, is this little piece of fiction of, you know, a newly embraced Bruja who's been abandoned by his sire, um, who's been picked up by a Bruja elder. And, uh, you know, he's decided to take mercy on him and uh, tell the prince, I'm going to keep this kid and you don't have to worry about, you know, killing him. Because <laughs> he, he was embraced without permission, I'll take care of him. Um. So, you know, it's it's pretty, it's pretty basic that way. You've got you've got Crisis, the elder, who is, you know, I'm pretty sure the Chicago by night. I think yeah, yeah, Chicago night by night book was out before this book, and and that's that was the first sort of yeah city source book. Crisis Cr- is the is the Bruja primogen in that book. Crisis is mentioned two or three times throughout this, yes. and then I was surprised when I got to the who's who and didn't see him. Yeah, strangely enough, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> probably only because he's in the Chicago by Night book. Sure, okay, um, that makes sense. He's, that makes he's sense. Quite, he's he's quite prominent in Chicago by Night. He's he's one of the power players. He's you know he's a he's a Bruja elder. He's he's something like twenty five hundred years old. He or or. Maybe like a little less. Like I forget if he was actually around for Carthage or not. Um, you know, his sire is um, you know the Bruja antediluvian Menelaus, who is literally the fictional you know the mythological king Menelaus from the from the Iliad. Oh, um, you know, I knew that. That sounded familiar. Children, who fought in the Trojan War and like Helen of Troy is a Torador and she's also in uh, Chicago and. You know, all this Chicago conflict is just these two Methuselahs fighting each other in their dreams. Oh, of course. Yeah. So, anyway, yeah, so that's Crisis. And then he's just got this delightfully stereotypical gangbanger named Dre. We're going to say this too. Vampire, you know, White Wolf, White Wolf, when they started putting out games, like, this was their brand was being edgy. Yeah, this was like, the absolute edgelord game company. This was the edgelord game company, and it wasn't such a bad thing. And I, you know, I, I got a, I got a cop to it because I was like 14, 15 years old, and of course, when you're a 14, 15 year old boy, you're a fucking edgelord. Um, this was the most edgelordy. This, I mean, this was the most 14 to 15 year old boy role playing game possible in 1992. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, this was yeah. it. This was the top of edge lordery. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, we all watched The Crow. Yeah, and then went and picked up this yeah. this role playing game. 
you know, anyway, but it's, it's, it's an obvious, you know, just sort of framing device so that they can tell you about, you know, the basics. And this is sort of the format of the clan books as yeah, the they, they all, yeah, they open with a short story and yeah, be, that before gets, that they have the black page. Yeah. With, with a cool quote on it. And that's the thing too. I, that I, I love too about the, the first edition books and they stopped doing it so much in the later books um, was like, yeah, the black page with the, with the fucking prose poetry. This one has an image of a vampire licking blood out of somebody's eye socket. Yeah, and then it goes, Here in the stillness of the night, shatters like glass. Here silence flees at the first sign of intruders. Here the darkness comes to life. From every direction rise the ecstatic screams of the damned. Lights flicker on and off as the shadows leap about, wildly flinging themselves from wall to wall. In the midst of intoxicated revelry, some sit calmly, but even their passions struggle to run free. As the cacophony builds, even the stage feel their non-existent pulses race. Here all is abandoned. Here anger and fury rule the dark, like twin lions ready for the kill. Here frenzy reigns. Yeah, and then and then fucking you know like Iggy Pop. And, yeah, and, uh, and well, uh, that's like, like that Metallica club from Blade. Yeah, I don't know what and, they were playing in that club, but oh, uh, Crystal Method, I think. Oh, yeah, they were playing the Crystal Method, and then um, yeah, I there's always a mix of I, I guess the Bruder is just a couple like like rock songs, but like there's there's usually a mix of like. You oh, know. quoted. Yeah, I was. I was also wondering, uh, like, like pop rock music and industrial music, and but also like, you know, like Edgar Allan Poe and you know, Baudelaire and like you know, fucking like. I'm wondering if Iggy Pop or Metallica know that their lyrics were printed. Do you think these guys had to get permission from somebody to print I, these lyrics in these books? No, I think something Not like that. Not in the 90s? These days, you would be sued immediately. I think something like that is probably fair use, especially yeah. if you just, like, only have a couple lines in there. You're not like reprinting the whole song. Um, you know. But, um, yeah, but I, I think... I think as the, as as their, as White Wolf Publishing got bigger, I think that is probably something you know, that a legal department that was formed eventually told them you should probably stop doing that. Yeah. So this is, and this is, I mean, really 1992, like were there even laws? There were, yeah, there were laws, but I, again, I was going to say for like, you know, White Wolf Publishing in 1992 or whatever, I, I don't know exactly how many people were working um, at that company at that time, but I would be surprised if someone told me it was more than like 20 or 30. Yeah. Yeah, for um, sure. Yeah. If if they told me they didn't have a lawyer or a legal department, I wouldn't be surprised. No, so, yeah. But again, it's it's a little thing. But I I I definitely I think I discovered a few things, like a few a few musicians or like a few a few books or whatever from seeing those quotes and being like, that's a fucking cool quote. Where's that from? Let me let me listen to this. Let me find this book. <laughs> wow, I wonder I feel like I must have had a moment like that, but yeah, I can't specifically think of anything that I yeah that I read in one of these blurbs and one of these clan books and then yeah. went and listened to. Hmm. Maybe we'll come across. 
I was surprised to see Metallica yeah. quoted here. Just because they have a reputation for suing people. Oh, yeah. But again, this is 1992, so they, you know, they didn't. We didn't know about it yet. Oh, my God. Excuse me. So, so second chapter after the after the the fiction, this is basically the kind of meat of like the history of the clan where they where this is this is where they start to do the thing um, that the world of darkness does where they interweave real world history with the sort of secret history of their setting, you know. Um, you know, they, they talk about, they have these legends about Troil and, you know, the first and the second city and blah, 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 blah. Um, but after all that's over, then they talk about how the city of Carthage was destroyed by Rome because it was a bunch of Ventru trying to destroy the Brugia. Yes. Um, and even more so as you get to, you know, the, the, the section again, because like we mentioned they talk about Carthage, and then they kind of skip over 2,000 years. Yeah, and then, yeah, the vampires did the American Revolution. They even tried to get Ben Franklin. I have here in my notes that yeah. Ben Franklin was the prettiest girl at the dance. Yeah, All the clans wanted to get Ben Franklin, and none, wanted, and none of them did. None of them did. I think he was probably actually a mage. That makes sense. I would, yeah. I mean, maybe we'll see him again as we cover the world of darkness. I'm, I'm yeah. sure we will. And and again, this this part too, where they take famous people um, and make them vampires. Like this might be Adam. the only reason I'm interested like, in American like, history or history at all. Sorry. Like uh, yeah, like Crispus Attucks, who yes. is, um, you know. Most people probably might might think, oh, that name's familiar. Or they might know it, but I think a lot of people probably wouldn't know it because it is a little bit of a like American Revolution history history deep cut. Yeah, um, but it's not that deep of a cut. Not you know? too deep. I mean, I definitely remember being this, in high school and yeah, being like, "This guy, this guy was killed." You know, he was a yeah. black, he was he was a he was a black man, um, you know, free black man who was killed by British during the the Boston Massacre, and, and you know, people for a while would say like. This was the first man killed during the Amer- you know in the American Revolution. Maybe you know Boston Massacre wasn't literally the revolution, but you know there's the kind of hyperbole or the kind of mythologizing that you that they did around this guy. Yeah, um, you know, oh, he's a Bruja too. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, um, Robin Hood. Robin Hood's a Bruja. oh Robin Hood. Yeah, of course, <laughs> obviously, Robin Hood's a thousand year old Bruja. Yeah, and and you know, um. Yeah, so that that's always a fun thing of like like who did you who did you guys manage to make a vampire? Because and and that's always a funny thing too because you know realistically if you are trying to exist as a vampire and you have this masquerade thing you you most you mostly want to stay far away from famous people like you want to control them in a certain way but you don't want to be actually in the limelight. So these aren't the kind of people you actually want to make into vampires because then you got to fake their deaths and then like fucking disfigure them or send them away somewhere far away where they won't be recognized. Otherwise, it's like, yo, Brad Pitt, didn't you die last year? <laughs> no, I'm not Brad Pitt. Like, give me a break, man. Nobody else looks like you. Um, 
Yeah, Keanu <laughs> is Keanu Reeves a vampire? Do you reckon? Yeah. Have you seen photographs of Keanu Reeves from like three hundred years ago? Is that the guy, or um, is there something it, about Keanu um, Reeves? There's a few ones. Like, there's a few people like that. They found like doppelganger pictures. Like, dude, pictures from like 1850 or some shitty. You could probably like, <laughs> yeah, hold them up to hold them up to all kinds of people and be like, yeah, it looks like just like this person. I can't tell if I'm thinking about Bram Stoker's Dracula the film, or if. I saw a specific, two years ago, I saw a specific collection of images of a celebrity from 200 years ago. Keanu Reeves, there was one for Keanu Reeves, I think there was one from like Paul Rudd or whatever. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. This is also interesting. The history of the part is also interesting because of the way it does a little bit of world building for the vampire settings by creating the anarch free states because i'm pretty sure this is the first place they talk about the anarch free states in any kind of detail um i'm not even sure if they were mentioned earlier than that which is um, in this setting most of the west coast yeah it's like all of california and uh parts of oregon and washington which is like a big deal you know california's big um this is what and- i started thinking of the map and some kind of 4x yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and they also talk about Russia, which is you know they're like, oh yeah, the Russia did the Russian Revolution. Oh yeah, well, right uh, around 1990. Um, it, it it well it it infers that Baba Yaga had a great deal to do with uh, yeah the, the, the of breakup the... of the USSR. You, yeah, <laughs> how many S's? But yeah, Baba Yaga did that. Oh yeah, Baba Yaga killed killed all the Bruja. That's that's what caused the USSR to fall. Yeah, and she Um, she replaced Mikhail Gorbachev. Yeah, I I think the character of Baba Yaga in World of Darkness is cool. There's all there's like three there's like half of these clans are the it's like a it becomes a trope I guess or I don't want to say a tradition because these books use the word tradition so much. but uh, it becomes a thing where so many of these clans are actually the descendants of a fourth-generation vampire that either diabled their sire or betrayed their sire or killed their sire or whatever. And yep, uh, yep. this is one of them, and Baba Yaga's another. Oh, yeah, 100%. Because all of I, the... Sorry. Yeah, I had a, I had a concept for like a, for like a game where um, everybody would play a third-generation vampire just one that never founded a clan and never had any real kids or maybe like only a few, but who never, they never survived. Oh, interesting. Okay. No, not actually give you guys all, you know, like, and dot disciplines and shit, but, <laughs> but something like that, you know, just be like, Oh, the lost clans, because people, you know, that's that, this is again, also one of the things that um, you don't see it so much in just obviously a single clan book, but as you start to put, like the collection of all the clan books together, um, you start to see the contradictions. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember getting annoyed that... I remember being in high school and thinking to myself, shouldn't there be someone whose job it is to make sure that the mythology lines up? I remember being annoyed by it. (laughs) And then then specifically hearing later on um, from the authors, like, no, they're supposed to be contradictory because... Nobody knows for sure. This is something sure. that happened. Yeah. Long ago. Nobody, 
you know, who was around is alive, except for like four people and they all hate each other and all disagree on what happened. So, and now, you know, as, as like an older person, I, I appreciate that kind of complexity a lot more because it, it makes it more interesting. You can, it can be whatever you want because, you know, ultimately a role-playing game, you're writing your own stories. So you mm, for sure. To Absolutely. Figure something out cool and, you know, um, anyway, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, they make that a little more explicit in the revised clan books because the revised clan books are all told like really explicitly from the point of view of a member of this clan um talking about their clan um and talking about the legend of the clan it's all like in the first person or whatever you know um so in those cases it makes it a little bit easier to swallow the idea like oh this is this is all like from an unreliable narrator you know or at least a narrator with a certain amount of bias that makes a lot more uh, sense yeah yeah i feel like they, I... they kind of they kind of have that idea already in, in these clan books but they're written in like you know the the sort of basic you know you know third person impersonal so it seems more like the god level view where you're saying like no this is the truth this is what happened baba yaga did this this what this is what happened to the bruja this is what the bruja did and this is what they're about um yeah it's as very it's to, very source book information presentation mode right as opposed to you know like crisis telling a story about you know you know what went down in Carthage, and you have to you know sort sort of parse it out. Like, well, what's this guy's what's this guy's motive for telling me this story, and why is he telling me it this way? And is there anything he's leaving out because he wants to make it sound good? You know, that kind of thing. You know, Rudra always talk a lot about you know how great Carthage was, but um, you know, people are pretty sure that the Carthaginians sacrifice babies a lot oh really that wasn't wasn't just a thing that like the romans wrote about them to like slander them there's plenty of archaeological evidence that you know the carthaginians practiced um a religion you know they were they worshiped a worshiper called a god called haman Baal, and um it's a little obscure because we don't have any first person writings from left over from the carthaginians but for some reason they sacrificed children to to this god by throwing them into a pit of fire is that is that ball like with two A's in it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, um, and it's also you know it's the source of of many famous um, you know uh, Carthaginian names like Hannibal means beloved of Ball. Oh, okay, okay. And Hannibal Hannibal Hannibal's um, father's name was Hasdrubal, which means you know some something else like you know Ball is awesome. Right. <laughs> Most favorite of Ball. Yeah. Ball thinks I'm cool. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, um, so, you know, you don't see that anywhere in the Bruja clan book. But again, and you know, and it's, again, it's, it's, it's probably, again, it's probably just because the, the actual knowledge of history is maybe lacking or at the same, maybe it's a decision. You know, there's only so many pages in the book that you can fill. You know, you're like, you guys, you guys are like, we want to, we want to put out this clan book. It needs to be no more than like 60 pages because we can't sell these books for, you know, like 30 bucks a piece. We got to sell them for 10 bucks a piece. Um, so they got to be short, you know, they got to be, yeah, 66 pages. Um, so you might have like, you know, a hundred thousand words about 
the history of the world of darkness, but you can't put it all in the book and sell it. Yeah. Because nobody's going to buy it for like 150 bucks because you had to print it in like seven volumes or whatever. <laughs> until, until they actually know a little bit more about this, you know, the setting and want to use it. Um, yeah, 1992 was not the time to put that volume on the shelves. No, no, no. Um, yeah, the role-playing game industry was much, much smaller. It was cool. It was really cool buying these skinny little trade paperbacks with weird little vampire gothic punk art. Oh, yeah, I made the, I mentioned this. Uh, when we were uh, talking oh, yeah. in text, but... the art, I love the art in these books, man. The, the art in these books is so good. White Wolf, uh, according to the, do they call it the errata? What the the information in the front of the book with the copyrights and stuff? Uh, yeah, yeah. White Wolf claims yeah. that they have copyrighted gothic punk. Yes, with I a know. hyphen in between. Yeah. Yes, I know. I know. The rest of these are not made up words, but you know. Mm-hmm. I'll let you. I'll let you copyright the word "toreador," even though I'm sure that's like a Spanish word for bullfighter or something. Yeah, exactly. But gothic punk. Come yeah. on, guys. Anyway, so what else do we have about the brew? The bruja. Uh, uh, they roast each other. There's yeah. like, <laughs> there's like yeah. two paragraphs it's, about the, the traditions of roasting. Yeah, the rant and the rave and the debate. Oh, we didn't really talk about Troil. I don't know what there is to say about Troil. I guess I started mentioning that these this oh, clan yeah. is descended from. This is one of the false clans. Uh, yeah, they they they're, say they're they say they are the first rebels because you know their their founder Troil diablerized, who was of the fourth generation diablerized his her sire, the the actual Bruja who was of the third generation, and thus Troil became of the third generation. And this uh, actually mentions that the true Bruja are probably some kind of time-manipulating vampires. I really, I don't recall seeing that until way later, but yeah, I no, was surprised exactly. to see a mention of even, I was surprised to see... This is this is the first nod that they had towards the existence of the the true Bruja. The true and, the true Bruja, yeah. And then and then they they brought them they brought them actually around in the in the 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 True Block Handbook that came out, which must have came right. out. Like, this must have came out. It, I they they already had it planned, obviously, but it wasn't it wasn't really all that much longer that the True Block Handbook came out because I think that came out in like '96 or something like that or '95. I mean, I feel and, like I had been. I feel like least, I had been playing vampires, sorry. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, probably had, but here's the reason why. Because I, the, uh, when I started hanging out with, with you guys, with all the people that formed, like, the sort of, like, core of our, of our RPG group in high school, um, the True Black Handbook had just come out. Okay, okay. And uh, our friend Crispy wanted to run a true black hand game crispy and, and that was the first game i played with you guys that was the oh first time. okay you dan adam uh me i think there was somebody else also playing but i don't remember there was another dave 
the, the other Dave. Yeah. I feel like I I feel like I remember this particular game at the other Dave's house. Yeah. And I this was the very first game I played with you guys. Um Dan, I remember Adam was playing, of course, the True Bruja with enough temporis to stop time, so he could just chop people's heads off while time was stopped, and they couldn't do anything about it. Yes. Uh, I remember you were playing... <laughs> I was playing an old clans, the Misi, um, and I think you were playing somebody with a whole bunch of vicissitude. Yes, I was an, a gangrel anti-tribute. Even though we were... City fighting. gangrel... Well, even, yeah. Even though we were fighting vicissitude, and we fought a lot of vicissitude monsters. We fought like a lot of vicissitude monsters, whole like blobby agglomerations of flesh and teeth and arms and legs and eyeballs. I loved that shit. I love blobs. Uh... Anyway, we, we've started to move a little bit far afield from uh, the... Uh, yeah, I so when we in- I, I could I could I could pinpoint that in time because I know I started to hang out with you guys when I was in tenth uh, grade, second half of tenth grade for me, which was like nineteen ninety five. So there you go. Yeah, it's amazing that I can remember like that those dates. Every now and again, something like that. Yeah, I've got a few little uh, focus point, foc- uh, f- yeah. foci, little temporal foci where I know different things are attached to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, anyway, to to circle back to the Bruja anyway, but yeah, Bruja, Bruja. But yes, uh, Bruja, they, they already knew what was going on with them. Um, and, you know, the true Bruja, just to... Just, uh, you know, for the purposes of this podcast or whatever, to not to like leave that hanging. They are like time manipulators. The Bruja are fast because they have celerity. The true Bruja are fast because they can manipulate time. And they're like the opposite of the Bruja. Instead of like passionate and frenzied, they're they're like cold and calculating. Um, you know, so their clan weakness is they have a problem keeping their humanity um, or their path if they're if they're on a path of enlightenment. Anyway, yeah. So then they've got the yeah the traditions. So they talk, they've got the different kinds of ways that the the Bruja like to roast organize, each other, organize themselves, which mostly comes down to yelling and screaming at each other and roasting each other. A um, great deal of the actual rules that are presented in this book are about how to debate and yell at each other in the context of a role playing game yeah. with dice. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. And I, I think that's the thing too that was great about Vampire that was at least to me relatively new to to role playing games in general is like the the real focus on social interaction and you know to the point of gamifying it with social right um, you know like detailed social um, uh, uh, systems to you know talk and convince people and intimidate people and stuff like that because you know most of the most of the most games previous to that they i th- i still think we're we're still very close to war games you know yeah yeah i mean it was you know i mean i'm surprised you get, that you get, you get experience for killing things yes and, exactly uh, and in this game you get experience for like playing your character Anyway, yeah. Also, this was this is where they started showing the first thing, the very first idea of I guess what eventually 
they eventually eventually systematize into devotions um you know sort of powers that require oh uh, that 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 actually little, is called something huh yeah they're they're little standalone powers that require you know one or more two other different things. yeah the the combo so, powers to, to power up and they just do like one specific real specific thing but sometimes that real specific thing is real powerful so they got the Bruja burning fists you know? that was a real popular one I feel like oh, I saw yeah. that a lot in high school yeah well cause, cause it was the um... that's the iconoclasts special yeah it, it was the same thing it's the same thing as having as having gangrel claws except you know a little bit more thematic for bruja oh but those struck by the burning wrath feel the steam sear their flesh and must make willpower rolls at a difficulty sixth in order to act at all next turn right so gangrel claws it, don't it do sounds, that no, that's true oh, but but in in practice, that sounds pretty. That sounds pretty badass. But in practice, a willpower roll difficulty six was not all that. That's not a big deal. Yeah. No. Um, scores of electo making other people frenzy. Iron heart. This was a popular one too because it made it really hard to dominate you, and everybody, nobody ever fucking wants to be dominated. There was so much it. dominate flying around and then nobody not so won. much presence i feel like we didn't quite know how to role play presence as much when we were in high school as just dominate yeah well i think it it has to come it comes down to the idea of you know when you're when you're younger you know you i think a lot of subtleties of social way for sure are, are just not are just not developed yet you just don't understand that kind of stuff like you know all these books talk so much about like how vampires influence and control and you know manipulate and when i was 17 i didn't know what the fuck any of that actually meant in practice of course yeah not. we just yelled at each other we just yell at each other um every I now and then i definitely feel like they were that's not to say that it's like there weren't people in high school who were not good at manipulating people or who weren't right. or more or less charismatic but i don't think i just don't think at that age you just you're really like like the level of nuance is just not there yeah um yeah you just yelling at each other dominate is very direct and it makes a lot of sense you know you tell people what to do they fucking do it yeah presence was a little tougher Every now and then, someone would walk into a room and go, Majesty! And yeah. everyone had to look at them. Everyone had to look at them. Or, you know, someone would be like, I'm going to punch you in the face now, and they'd be like, Majesty, you can't. Right, and okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I look too badass. Um, but yeah, but that's important, I think, in the context of this book, because presence is a Ruja discipline, and it's a big deal for them. Um. It's, its use is mentioned a lot when it's dis when they talk about scaring people out of their rants and raves. That's funny, by yeah. the way. I feel like there's a couple different times in White Wolf that two things paired next to each other in some way. Like the two main types of Bruja meanings here being referred to as rants and raves. I feel like there's a couple other pairings of those two words. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I got a question uh, about, unless you're about to. No, no, go ahead. I got a question about the the system, about the not the not the system, not the role playing game system, but about the 
the rules governing how vampires work here. Because these guys, it talks about how a Bruja might be punished by having their bones broken and then getting the bones to set incorrectly. So yeah. then the Bruja has to go break it again in order to set it back. Yeah, but sounds, sounds pretty bad. I, had, I have been operating on a mechanic where every time a vampire comes, every time a vampire awakens, uh, their their body is in the form that it was. It returns to whatever form it died in. So, like, if you get a bunch of piercings or body yeah. alterating, whatever, when you that, sleep that again, is, yeah, that's the general idea. But um, that doesn't apply to wounds. It doesn't apply to. Like, oh damage. yeah, if you if you if you have you, you mean if you have check marks in your wound boxes. Yeah, you gotta spend mm. blood for that. Okay. It's it's too much for the body to just go back to. If you cut your hair, it's like that's not a. Oh right, yeah, and that's what right. But, but like in like the in like the sort of like mythology of the world, the vampire body regards that as a wound and it heals it. Is there any kind of do vampires have a time limit on uh, healing aggravated wounds? Like I feel like other races do. No, no I think they just, can just do it. Uh, you, you gotta, um, you have to spend a willpower, which is a big, I, yeah, I don't remember. I, it's, it's, it changes from, from that's right. Yeah, actually it does. In in every version of this, it was always like, it might've been like, like if you don't want to spend willpower, you can spend five blood to heal an ag, one ag per night. And if you want to spend more, if you want to heal more than one ag a night, then you got to start spending willpower for every level. That might be a first or second general. I don't know. Like, I think it's stuff is. It's, I think I think the whole idea of like about five blood per level of damage is still where you where you're at. I think even in Vampire Second Edition Requiem, which is like you know, or like Vampire Twentieth Edition, I think that's still the kind of level of like like an aggravated wound is about five times as bad as a regular wound. Yeah. Um and may or may not throw in some willpower, may or may not throw in a, a limit of how, how, how quickly you can heal that damage. So there are much fewer th in, in later game additions, though there are much fewer things that cause aggravated damage and um, vampires have a much harder time generating aggravated damage against other vampires without resorting have, to having to use their own fire. You know, basically, and then forcing themselves to, you know, make their own frenzy checks against the fire they're trying to use against their enemy vampires, basically. So, like, gangrel claws don't cause aggravated damage. In Whoa! Later editions, they're still good because they're still they're still like a big lethal damage boost compared to just punching stuff with your fists. Oh well, first of all, there is. But, is there lethal damage as a as a distinction later on? Yeah, of course. In in this book, there's no difference between you know, in first edition vampire. There's no there's no distinction between bruising and lethal damage. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I recall later on there being, especially when you start playing different races of characters that might be susceptible to lethal damage. Yeah, yeah I remember no, lethal damage becoming a thing later on. Yeah, there's no there's no difference in in early edition vampire between um, you know, bruising damage and lethal damage. Damage is damage, and then aggravated damage is just really bad damage. Um, you know, sunlight and fire traditionally. 
but then you throw in like the claws and then they started saying things like the claws and fangs of supernatural creatures so like all right wolves. yeah so anything vampire, yeah vampire fangs so people would you know i remember a common you know a common uh combat tactic in vampire games would be to like grab people and then and then try to like bite them with your fangs and like you know like rip rip them up with your fangs to do aggravated damage the claws and fags of supernatural creatures was thrown around a lot. that was what we were usually in danger of and uh yeah that was what we primarily wanted to do damage with it that became almost yeah it almost became a balance issue they had to get rid it, of it oh for sure for sure and um also since we we're talking about Bruja, you know speaking of balance issues celerity um changed something. that changed every time they put out an addition it it surely did because people always wanted it to be extra actions because that's sort of intuitively kind of what you wanted it to seems do, like it but jesus extra actions breaks the game oh my I, god it was ridiculous i am sure out there there are now so many different game systems good game systems that range from extremely narrative and rules light and you know ice free to extremely tactical uh and and deep kind of kind of games that could probably handle something like that um but the storyteller system definitely does not <laughs> myself and a lot of people ran this game like it was dungeons and dragons because we didn't know what else to do with it and oh, yeah, uh and uh i yeah. think i I think the the term I the the terms I've heard it used to describe the way of playing vampire like that is superheroes with fangs. Oh, or, that's what we were doing. I mean, that's what a lot of people were doing. Trench oh, yeah. coats and, or or trench coats and katanas. Uh, are you uh, sure that no one we know came up with that particular one? Because that seems like yeah, I feel I like I probably know the inventor of trench coats no, and katanas. But, you know, uh, but you know, Trench Coast Katanas was was the crow. It was Highlander. You know, did the crow have a uh, katana? Uh, at some yeah, he had a katana for a hot minute. Even if he did not, that uh, that aesthetic definitely the crow does fall into. Even if no katana appears in that movie. Yeah, the one hundred percent. I think actually the the bad guy uses a katana, and he grabs like a like a broadsword or something for, for oh yeah it's like when he's like killing a million dudes in the club there's definitely a scene with swords and yeah. when we were playing the black hand game in 1995 chris put on that song from that scene when yeah, we fought the boss <laughs> yeah we put, we put that we put on that song every time there was, a, there was all the a, time yeah but that was i think that i think that i think he invented it i think he invented, he yeah, invented that, was, that tradition uh, with that game that was, that was when he originated using that song for that game. Yeah. Thrill Kill Cult? Yeah, the real uh, Thrill Kill Cult. Yeah. Thrill Kill Cult. After the Flesh. Yes. That was a, yeah. I guess that was an alright movie. I sure liked it a lot. I haven't seen it in 15 years, probably. Let's see. Does this, uh, this book doesn't recommend movies. A lot of source books, maybe it was only, maybe not the clan books, but a lot of source books would recommend movies. This clan book doesn't, yeah. Yeah. And, so the final thing, I guess, well, maybe not the final thing. We we can talk for a little bit longer, but um, now we got the views of the Bruja on all the other clans. Oh yeah, then that was also that's and, another thing that I would look at in every yeah. 
uh, yeah. clan book. Yeah. And, How they all felt about each other. And additional groups outside the, the sort of vampires, which is interesting because this, again, you know, you go back to the source books, you know, the core book. And again, all of these, all of these clans have only like two pages written on them on each one. And then, you know, you got lupines and mages and fairies and ghosts. And there's seriously like only one paragraph or two paragraphs written about each one in the, in the core book. And at the time, we don't know that these are all going to be have their know, own, yeah, expanded into their own splat books, into their own core books. Um, you know, maybe even, maybe even, maybe even they don't know at this time. Maybe they're like they have this big idea, but they're like, you know, they definitely you know, dropped the term fairies who, and ghosts. Yeah. Who knows if we even have enough money to do this? Well, you know, lupines turn into the Garu. You know, did they? But did they drop lupines altogether? No. Okay. No, they, still, they still call them lupines. Fairies. They they went back to fairies in later in later editions. They don't use changeling anymore. They prefer, you know. Um, Interesting. I well, yeah. Well, changeling yeah. is a specific kind. Changeling of really is a specific thing. Yeah. Yeah. And ghosts. I think. I mean, you know, wraith sounds cooler as the name of a game than ghost. I probably, but. I feel like there's plenty of fiction and plenty of stuff happening in World of Darkness where people just say ghost because ghost is ghost is something that everybody gets. You say ghost. Yeah, that's what you people, would say. You, people know what you, <laughs> you mean. You Even if you were a wraith, you would say yeah. ghosts. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the wraiths in Wraith were, were ghosts. Wraith was a great book. We can maybe we should, we can talk about Wraith. Another oh, time. I if we're gonna talk, if we're gonna if we cover the seven, I mean, I don't. We'll 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 talk about whatever we want to. Uh, you might notice me asking my guests with some frequency uh, if I'm being culturally insensitive, and I do intend to learn how to avoid being culturally insensitive. It does kind of seem difficult to talk about culture at all without being insensitive. But I don't really want to talk about these dark times and people's desire to police one another. I, I want to talk about the 90s. I feel like I should address an aspect of the 90s that I think of as Stephen King racism. I am not saying that Stephen King is a racist, but if you're familiar with his work, you might know what I'm getting at. It's the way racism and discrimination are presented without comment. Whereas today we would expect, well, a content warning and an immediate condemnation of such ideas and behaviors. That doesn't mean that we were blind in the 90s, and it doesn't mean that we're too sensitive now. But it can be strange for us to look back on a time when even in fiction, shitty people were simply more comfortable being openly shitty. Uh, usually it doesn't reflect upon the writer, but it's good to use care and criticism when reviewing writing from this time period. Anyway, we might do a segment at the end of these podcasts called This Has Not Aged Well, and here is today's. Let's try to wrap this up with okay. the character, what we have of the character um, concepts in the back of the book. Um, and I guess I should just go straight to the one that makes you go like, what the fuck? All right. What? Yeah. What do you think about him? There's a skinhead. Yeah. There's, a skinhead. there's nothing really redeeming about this dude. There's nothing like, you know, role playing tips or, or like concept, like, you know, now that you've entered this wider world, maybe you'll reevaluate like, nope, he's just a skinhead. This is not a good person. 
I think that what I was saying earlier uh, about the sort of problematic themes that we're about, that we are bound to run into, uh, I was trying to set up what I figured I might say about this guy, which is that in this game, they did, they do do a thing. They do do a thing about role-playing villains in in yeah. this game there's there's whole source books for of just naturally villainous characters and yeah, they there are instructions on how to make villains but this but this guy either. is not yeah. presented that way yeah no, <laughs> nothing about this is like here's how to make a this is just like in case you want to make an absolute classic uh equipment a copy of Minecraft. yeah it's not the interesting thing is, I don't think it in any way glorifies. But that's sort of what I was saying about how it's not addressed. It's just here I mean, it is. Also, but it, yeah, it also doesn't like be like this is a piece of shit. It's just like yes, he hates Jews and he loves Hitler. Like, there's definitely okay. like five just, pages about how you should not, in reality, aspire to be a fomor. Yeah. But the but this guy is like, yeah, this could be a character you might play. Yeah. In your heroic and, campaign or otherwise, we don't know. Although it yeah. does say that he won't be in a coterie with coterie with minorities. Jesus. Yeah, Jesus. Um nineteen ninety two. I like the the rapper and the fake rapper right next to each other. Um, I love that. Really obvious like Marky Mark slash vanilla ice versus like ice cube ice tea kind of thing going on there do you remember what hacking in the 90s was like yeah hacking this dude looks straight out of hackers it's awesome hack the planet motherfucker one thing i noticed about this book um looking at the characters and looking at um their stats that really fucking jumped out at me was virtues humanity and willpower um you get so many points of virtues for a starting vampire <laughs> in this game. You get so many points. Is that, yeah. Was it seven? Get, Is that no longer the yeah, case? Yeah, yeah, seven. It starts, as, it starts. It goes on a scale. You know, these virtues go on a conscience. It's three virtues, conscience, self-control, courage. They go on a scale from one to five. They, all, they can't go lower than one at the start of the game. They all start with one. And then you get seven more dots that you have to split up. So you're going to have, like, if even if you if you have one five, then you've got the the other two have to be like two and three, three and two, yeah, yeah. But other than that, you can split them really easily as like three, three, four, and most yeah. people did. And that gives you like a bunch of humanity and a bunch of willpower. And it looks like I think also I think also this this went away very quickly because willpower is a very important resource in the it game. Was, yeah, maybe the most precious resource the, when it came down I to it. I think in this edition willpower only cost one freebie during character creation. So there was no reason not to just dump like three or four points right into willpower because it was such a great resource. So all of these characters all have like, like very high willpowers and humanities and like a bunch of virtues. Like I, I think some of them spent extra points on virtues. Like the streetwalker character has like one, two, three, like four, five, six, seven, eight, nine points of virtues. Like, okay. Wow. Um, She's got a humanity of eight and a willpower of seven. Like, this is a badass streetwalker, you know? <laughs> but it's it's interesting because I think I gotta take I gotta take a look at it again because 
I also have to remind myself that this first edition of Vampire also had all these different difficulties on the on the D10, so it had this rule that ones take away successes. Right. Uh, so um, when you look at these character sheets and you see plus two on all difficulties to resist frenzies, and then I think Vampire First Edition also had rules that was like when you lost humanity, you also lose virtue points to go with it. Um, and um, if you played it, you know, I, and again, I think we talked about superheroes, you know, superheroes with fangs. Oh, yeah. You know, when we were playing this game when we were 16, 17 years old, we never fucking rolled for conscience and self-control and courage. No, we never did it. No, we just, yeah, no, 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 no. Unless, unless it was like... Those were boring rules. Uh, yeah, unless it was plot, like, crux kind yeah, of Yeah, yeah. But those were boring rules. We didn't make rules for frenzies very often. We no didn't. way. Those, yeah. But, like, if you play it straight and you, you make that a focus of your game, like... You can degenerate pretty quick, you know. Yeah, you can you can lose some humanity pretty quick, and you can lose some virtue points real quick off the top of that, and that just creates like a further downward spiral, because then you have fewer dice to roll when you're resisting frenzy, and fewer dice to roll to try and keep those humanity points when you do something bad. So yeah, it would be neat to play this game the way it's like really intended to be played sometime. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway, yeah, that's, so, the, yeah. that's the Bruja clan book. That's the Bruja clan book. The very end, we has this like who's who of the Bruja. We already talked about. Oh yeah, Robin Hood was a Bruja. Yeah, Robin Hood, the Christmas addicts. I think the only other one that's worth mentioning is Smiling Jack, who just gets like a couple paragraphs here um, as he's a badass iconoclast. Smiling Jack is notable because he shows up as the tutorial guy in Vampire. Oh. Vampire yeah. He is the guy who meets you in the alleyway after the prince decides not to cut your head off and says, oh my god, you're fucked, aren't you? Here, let me teach you the basics of how to play this game. I.e., you know, fight, move around, and drink blood. You know what I did? I, I was like, you know what? I'm going to do... I'm I'm going to do the thing I never did. I'm going to make a completely social character, and I'm going to talk my... I'm going to schmooze my way out of every situation, and I... I tried oh, doing that, and uh, near and the end of the game, there were just quarter yeah. full of men with Uzis that I yeah. just couldn't talk my way out of. Nope, yeah. No. <laughs> I, I got a mod in that game where I think you could do stuff with presence at your maximum level to make them, like, to make enemies, like, shoot each other. Yeah. So you could be a social character and get, and get through those parts a little bit better. Um... It's been a long time since I played that game. But yeah, I just thought I'd mention that because this is the first place they, they talk about Smiling Jack. And, oh, uh, great. I, didn't, I did not put that together. Obviously, yeah, obviously that yeah. game is a, is a big part of VTM lore. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's the only time he shows up in the game, too. He might show up like again like at the very end, but pretty much just shows up to be like, tells you how not to get yourself killed. And then he's, and then I think he said he hangs out in the bar and drinks after that. <laughs> Good. Doesn't I do think, anything else. Man, 
That's still, I almost, I, uh, Bloodlines 2 is still available for pre-order, even though it's probably never coming Oh, Jesus Christ. That was that game was supposed to come out like a year and a half ago. Didn't something... Something came out. Cyberpunk. Oh, but a, a, vamp, a Vampire the Masquerade game, other than not the multiplayer, a Vampire the Masquerade oh. game did come out. Yeah, a couple, a couple kind of smaller games have come out. Um, there was like a story-based... Um, there were a couple like visual novels that came out. Um, yeah. Uh, Shadows of New York and, you know, about all the songwriters. Yeah. Tribute. And uh, there was another one, something of Nicoteries of New York. Um, I played them. They were okay, pretty sure. Um, there was another story based one, Swan Song. Swan Song, uh, that's the one. Yes, that's I, the one I, I'm talking about. Wow, that's 15 bucks on I, PlayStation 5. I played a little bit of it. It was, I kind of got, I was kind of bored of it. Did you get it on uh, Steam? Yeah, I got it on Steam. Okay. Um, character creation, or they give you character. They gave you three characters, or something like they that. They gave you three characters, and you kind of bounce between them. And yeah, okay. Never was getting attached either to any of them. So sure, okay. Kind of lost interest and in, maximum I, games. There was um, it's a you know there was there was like some puzzle that I was supposed to be figuring out, and it wasn't obvious, and I was just kind of walking in circles for like fifteen minutes, and I was like, okay. You didn't want to know what happened next in the story enough. To, is, to solve the puzzle. Yeah, well, and it just got particularly frustrating because it didn't seem like I was getting any tools to, sure, you know, to help me solve the puzzle in and, any way. It wasn't like, like, oh, perhaps I can search in these areas, or perhaps something's going on with this. It's just like somebody's somewhere, find them. That's where every Final Fantasy game I play crashes and burns at some point. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I didn't get very far in Swan Song, and then. Uh, aside from that, there's a Battle Royale game that came out. That's Yeah, that was the other one I kind of was mentioning. Um, there's a, a card of... game called Rivals. Uh, yes. I it looks like game. it has Agent 47 on the cover. I think a board game came out that I've been seeing ads for. And um, I know there's a couple... Um, like... Wow, you can get Coteries and Shadows on PS4. Holy shit. Yeah, it's, like I said, it's just, it's just a visual novel. Um, and uh, there's a couple like choose your own adventure, like like reading, like not even a visual novel, just like yeah, you know, just text, just text novels that you can get on like mobile. Um, Night Road was decent, um, and actually uses something kind of close to the actual storyteller system, uh, which made it kind of fun for me. Um, That's kind of neat. And uh, Parliament of Knives was was also kind of neat, and I think there's another one about playing vampire hunters. What was that first one that came out before Bloodlines? Remember? Oh, right. And it was that did, one. Was did that get like, did it get like glossed over? I feel like it, I feel like Bloodlines just like blew it. Like everyone forgot about it when Bloodlines yeah, came out. Yeah, that one was like this weird kind of Diablo-ish kind of game. Interesting, uh, weird. Uh, I forget what it was called. Blood something else, probably. Blood uh, probably. <laughs> oh man. Oh man. What if dark, I? What if I get a? Blood ages. Dark blood ages. What dark. if? What if I, I mean, get? What if I get rips of Kindred the Embraced and show them to you? Oh 
I love Kindred the Embraced. I have really? The, I have the whole thing. Are, you love it? Oh man, it's the best. Oh my god, I've seen like one episode. I mean, they're terrible, but they're the best. I mean, it's got to be terrible. Five uh, clans, one season. Whole, yeah, just not even a whole season. It's like like eight episodes or something. That's it. It's really short. They dropped they, it like a. They dropped like it like it was like, poison. Like they dropped it like a like a follower of set drops a fucking UV lamp. <laughs> <laughs> it was yeah. They had um. It it was it was the it was the acting was bad. The the writing was bad. Um, but it was, it's, it was kind of hilarious. There, there's like, I, my regular, the regular vampire group that I still play with, that I've been playing with since, you know, I met most of them in college. Um, we fucking, we fucking still joke about Kindred the Embrace all the time. We occasionally just throw out like ridiculous quotes from that show still. I gotta, I guess I gotta watch it. I guess I gotta start watching it. It's, it's, yeah, just... Do you have it, like, in a digital format, or you say you have it on disc somewhere? No, I have it in digital format. Uh, I I can try and share it with you. Yeah, if it's huge, then no worries, but if there's something other than, yeah, if if you you can share one at a time or something. Yeah, I don't think it's, they're that big. No gigantic worry about it, but I I guess I gotta see it. If you've seen it, if you love it, if if you love it, I guess I have to see it. Um, All right, they're they're like five hundred megabytes each, five fifty megabytes each. So that's decent size. You know what? I'm going to start downloading the clan books just so that you can, just in case you need to free up space. No, so that I have them also. You know. Yeah. No, you don't need to. You don't need to free up space. It's they're fine. Okay. They're not that big. Let me uh let me say thank you so much so that I can stop recording. But uh yeah, thank you so much for talking to me about Clan Book Bruja. This is this was super fun. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Maybe We'll Talk. I am Dave Crane. I make soap. The best way to support this show, me and everything I do is by buying some soap. All of my socials and links to my Patreon and Etsy can be found at koyadk.tv. That is C-U-Y-A-D-K.tv. If it has a if it has been a minute, uh, I spent some time playing a Death Knight from Ohio, and that explains the URL, maybe. Uh, thank you. Stay tuned. I expect to be posting new episodes on Tuesdays. Okay.